0: And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health And that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. everybody and welcome to the walking on eggshells podcast. My name is Brad Shattuck. I'm your host and creator of this podcast. Today is Monday, May 11th, 2020. And today I'm actually recording outside. It's a absolutely gorgeous day out today here in New Hampshire. And I don't know if you'll probably hear the birds chirping in the background. It's about 65 degrees right now at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, But anyways, uh, today's episode is um, based upon the person who has borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. The shame and guilt that they have after most episodes. And what actually makes it hard for them to apologize. Because with apologizing, you're admitting guilt. And when they admit guilt, it causes even more shame for them. Um, again I have no background in psychology or psychiatry I'm just a person who has done a lot of research on this um, subject because my wife of going on 33 years now this coming June of 2020 has borderline personality disorder and it has come increasingly worse since 2012 which has caused us to actually get a divorce but we are actually still together we were only separated for about a year last year and um, But anyways, um, with that being said, we're going to move right along here and get on with the podcast. All right, so again, everybody, welcome. This episode is about shame, guilt, and apologies. (laughs) Or I should say, lack of apologies, (laughs) but... Anyways, um, like I was saying in the intro, the um, person with BPD, um, it's hard for them to apologize most of the time, um, even if they wanted to, because uh, with anything, when you apologize, you're pretty much admitting to whatever you're being accused of or have done, and that causes the person with BPD a lot of shame and guilt. Which is hard for them to do because you have to have a lot of sympathy for them. They, Like I said a hundred times, they didn't ask for this disorder. There's no cure for it. There's help for it, but there's literally no cure for it. Or at least at this time, uh, there's medications to help them um, kind of subside their episodes um, or reduce them. Uh, there's also medications or antipsychotic medications that kind of help them um, enhance their uh, DBT, dialectical um, behavior therapy, which is the same as mindfulness. It allows them to kind of step back um, in an episode or, or during a heated argument or, or any argument or you know, I should say any kind of trigger It allows them to step back and kind of Think about reality for a moment um, Or give it a second thought before just blurting off something which dbt can pretty much be helpful for anybody How many times have we all said jeez if I could just go back? I would have said this or I wouldn't have said this and that's what dbt is all about I personally think dbt is great for anybody. I don't care who you are even if you don't have any disorders. Um, I myself have uh, Done dbt classes myself. or I should say online at home. They do have a lot of classes that usually have groups of anywhere from six to fourteen people, usually not more than that, um, but myself, I have social phobia, so it 's hard for me to be in groups so i 've done a lot of it at home um, my wife it 's hard for her to do stuff like that um, and, and let me back up and say that DBT was actually designed for people with BPD. It was literally designed for them because they are the worst offenders in. Not being able to have any mindfulness of taking that step back and what happens is when they Say something they ride with that they take off with that, And that's that's the trail of the continued hurting and the words and so forth so if they can step back and stop and Kind of think about reality um, And don't blurt something off that usually will prevent that fight from happening and um, since I've been practicing that um, here and there with my wife I she's I'm more receptive to doing it she's kind of a little resistant to doing it and now I'll fast forward again the reason most people with BPD are resistant to it because they themselves have one of the worst disorders um, according to the Board of Psychiatry that they don't like to admit their disorder in any way whatsoever Um, anyway because it's very hard to sort it. They're the ones who get chastised the most about being psycho, being crazy. Um, especially if they have the underlining of psychosis, which my wife does. Because nobody wants to be labeled like that. And they're the ones who get told that the most. You know, my wife herself, I can go to the bathroom at 2 o'clock in the morning. And she'll accuse me of, you know, throwing a note out of window to somebody. Or sneaking somebody in or letting somebody out. When it's... Physically impossible, I shouldn't say physically impossible, but in my case it is absolutely impossible And even though she has proved herself That it is not happening. That's where this apology Shame and guilt comes into play which this uh, is the premise of this uh, podcast Or I should say this episode Um, But I do have to Give her a lot of credit. She has been Working a lot more on her disorder, um, but again, that comes with a lot of trust, and I mean a lot of trust. Um, people with BPD don't trust a lot of people, if not anybody, when it comes to anything with a disorder. Sometimes even a counselor, they don't tell them a lot of things because they feel that that person will deceive them and use their disorder to kind of get around into their head. Um, as a matter of fact, that's going to be. The title of my next um, episode um, but anyways I'll back up again kind of jumping forward but the, the problem you know with, with like in my wife's case when I mean, she'll have our, an episode she won't apologize and if I push the issue of apologizing it gets worse and it's so hard for them to apologize because again it's admitting guilt it causes shame and it pretty much tells that person apologize to a lot of things. I'm wrong. It causes shame. And it's admitting they have an issue. Even though it may not have to do with their issue. It could be just a general argument in general. It kind of strengthens or, um, you know, not solidify. But it, it strengthens the, the, the un, that they do have a disorder. I'm trying to think of the right word to say for it. But that's the problem. So getting apologies out of people with BPD in general itself is hard, but especially comes with an episode. It's hard. And when they do gain trust in somebody, you know, in the case, like I said, my wife, she's been opening a lot more. Not only does she, well, I should say this, she'll apologize. But when we're getting along really good, she'll apologize and say, you know, I'm going to talk to my counselor about that. Well, here, here, here's an example. Um, it was probably about last week i had gone to the bathroom and um i, I brought my phone in with me and um because i forgot to send an email earlier fell asleep so anyway so you know i was sending the email at the same time and um she accused me going in there and texting somebody well again somebody without that disorder may have thought the same thing you know somebody who's just jealous but with her disorder, I should have known, but she she was in a sound sleep, so I, you know, again, I didn't think too much of it. But again, that's like in my last episode where it said, you know, tiptoeing and walking on eggshells, looking and stopping and doing the things that may trigger. So, immediately when she came in, or excuse me, when she was walking out and accusing me, I said, look, look what's on my screen, and I showed her. But again, she said well, you could have been texting somebody and then pulled that up when you heard me coming. I said, well, I didn't hear you coming because I even looked up and I said, wow, you know, you, you could have knocked or something. I You scared the crap out of me. Yeah, we, we could probably laugh about that. I in the bathroom, and scared the crap out of me. But, but anyways, um, you know, I kind of understand the point, you know, because somebody who's jealous might say that anyways. And I should have known. But anyways, uh, later that next day, she said, you know, I'm sorry. I... you earlier before we went to sleep you were working on something and you said you had to send that out and you did fall asleep and I plugged your phone in for you and saw you had the email on the screen and she's like I'm sorry for that and right after that she said you know I'm going to talk to my counselor you know because I think too many times that you're cheating on me and even when I find out the proof a lot of times I don't apologize and she said the reason I don't is because it kind of just tells you more that I have a disorder and I don't want you to leave me because you think I'm crazy. So there's where the guilt and the shame come into play. And I had already known this because I had read about this before. And I told her, I said, you know what? It makes it so much better for us because not only is the apology good, but what we've been trying to work with your disorder, you're admitting that you have a problem, but what did you do? You also offered a solution. You You actually already... Created a solution by apologizing, and you said you're gonna go further than that and speak to your um, counselor about it. And I said, You know, but at the same time, even if it wasn't with your disorder or not, you know, I'm not gonna leave you. I've been with you 33 years. You were the one that left me last year and divorced me. I've never abandoned you, I've always stood by your side. But that's part of their disorder. They constantly think they're gonna be abandoned. And a lot of times they will start a fight when they feel on edge that you're going to abandon them or even right after an episode if you get to the point where they think oh great now I started a fight they're gonna leave me they'll make it worse to make you leave because they're so afraid of abandonment that they would rather have you leave and it sounds kind of weird but it's true They, they it's so feared of being abandoned that's the worst fear, is abandonment. But they'll make you leave to make themselves abandoned rather than having you abandon that and beat you to the punch. And it really does kind of sound weird, but so isn't it their disorder um, sound weird to us. And that's the other part of them feeling so uncomfortable in their own skin. They didn't ask for this. They don't want it. Um, and they feel very shameful. Like I said, so many people call them crazy nuts, um loony. I admit I've done it so many times in the past, but I can tell you one thing, I have not done that. And there's so many things I have not done. And so many things I have done good since I did a lot of reading, um, audiobooks, research on this disorder because I love her so much and I understand now that she didn't ask for it. And you know how it's so hard for them to carry this weight around. And it it is it causes so much shame and they lose so many people around them and the last words they hear is you're effing crazy you're effing nuts get help for yourself and at the same time when they do get help for themselves a lot of them think it's not working it's not helping and um, they resort to suicide and they have an extremely high rate of suicide and at the same time they also their characteristics um, put them in the category of impulsive spending, um, conspicuous, um, sexual behavior, unsafe sexual behavior, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, um, those particular reasons, I'm not exactly sure why, um, the reason I haven't really got into those a lot is because my wife does not have those issues, she does not, um, abuse any medications at all, she has one narcotic she takes, she does not abuse it, matter of fact, she doesn't even take it most of the time like she's supposed to. Um, she doesn't abuse alcohol at all. Um, we rarely drink it all. We have a few wine coolers here and there. So those, I probably should read up on them in case I ever do see those signs come along. But they haven't been an issue so far. But I'm thinking the reason they do is because it's a way for them, uh, especially when it would come to promiscuous sex or, you know, having, um, you know, one night stands, uh, you know, multiple partners here and there is because that's a way for them to get love and get rid of that person before they do fall in love because they fear they fall in love and that person leaves them. It's not only hurtful for anybody, but with them having the fear of abandonment and, you know, the shame afterwards that they push that person away, they would rather leave them. So I can understand where that comes into play. But again I haven't done a lot of research on that portion. But um, again, you know, like I said, when you admit something, I'm sorry, when you apologize, you're admitting guilt. And, you know, like I said, with all of us, when, when you apologize, you're admitting guilt. And then most of us feel shame afterwards, you know, or another word, for feeling sorry, if you're not truly sorry, you probably wouldn't feel the shame anyways. So what I would suggest, if you have a loved one um, you know, that does apologize, that does have BPD, that's a lot, put it, to, that's not just like a, a regular person, or, a, see, I don't want to label it like that, a person, a non-BPD apologizing, you know, like just one of us, it's hard for them, it, it's like pushing rocks up a hill, because like I said, it's admitting a lot of things, and it causes a lot of shame, and it pretty much tells them, you know, even if it does ha- doesn't have, with it, have to do with their disorder, they've done it so much that it's pretty much going to get blamed on their disorder. So whether it does or doesn't, it's hard. Like I said, it's like pushing rocks uphill. It's really hard for them. So if you have somebody with BPD that apologizes, I'm going to tell you one thing. Congratulate them above and beyond because it is really rare and it's extremely hard for them. And... You know rather than just saying you know it's okay it's, it's fine add in there and give them credit and say you know I understand that it's really hard for you to do that and I'm really proud of you you know go above and beyond and I'll tell you right now I've done that with my wife and tears have poured out of her eyes you know in the past um, starting to know about this disorder or even before you know I'd say it's, it's alright I love you and you know we'd move along But when I sat there and would look her in the eyes and say, that takes a lot for you. I've been around you enough to know that that takes a lot. You know, and I I don't want you to feel shame about it. It is what it is. You know what? We can move on. Really give them a lot of credit. And if you let them know that you understand that it's extremely hard, you're going to see tears roll. And you're going to know that they truly are sorry. And at the same time, those uh, tears of shame at the same time. So, well, that's pretty much the end of this episode, but I just can't stress enough, please, if you know somebody at BPD and they apologize, please, please take the time to really, I don't care if, if it's the simplest thing of them, the only you for making a, a noise because you know their episodes are always at an extremely high level, no matter what it is. If it's simple or major, it's always up there. So, let them know. Go above and beyond. Can i tell you one thing. You're going to earn a lot of trust. And you're going to make another human being, especially somebody you love, feel a lot better. And it's going to make you feel better. When you see those tears, it might reflect upon you and you might throw the same tears back. But your tears are going to be tears of joy and happiness. But understand, their tears are tears of shame. So, with that being said, again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And I welcome any comments or suggestions or even questions. I'll be more than glad to help you, you know, only to the extent of the knowledge that I have. And, you know, again, I don't have any background, uh, any degrees in psychology or psychiatry, but I'll tell you one thing I got a hell of a lot of experience. I got 33 years of experience with living with somebody who has it. Um, but as far as the, you know, pharmacology background, I don't have the psychiatry. I don't have, I don't understand any of that stuff. But I have a lot of living experience, a lot of life experience with this. So, hopefully, from one regular person to another, we might be able to understand ourselves a lot better. Well, anyways, have a great day. Love the person with BPD. And have have a great day. Thank you. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.